Good evening, thank you for coming. Tonight's shir is dedicated by Yaakov Kahneman. This is in honor of his third anniversary, and in honor of his wife, Teferis. May Hashem bless them both. Hashem should bless you both with many, many, many happy, happy, healthy years together. Uh, how many? Infinite happy, healthy years together. As the new blessing of the new times, the times of Mashiach, when we don't have to think about temporary things. Everything will last forever. So Hashem should enable you to see the infinite depth and infinite light and infinite meaning in each other's neshama and personality so that you will find meaning in your relationship to go on forever and ever and ever. Much bracha, much mazel, and only, only good. Thank you for that that dedication. Another dedication today was by the Bestamsky family, by uh, Ushi and Sharon Bestamsky, in addition to their enical, whose bris was here today, and who we dedicated last week's share. But last week he was nameless, and today he got his name. Meshulam Kalman, so this is, Hashem should give you a lot of nachas from him. Um, Should grow up, Lator. Big, big mazel tov to Ari and Tova. Roth, parents. And, but they also dedicated specifically tonight's year in honor of the birthday of their son, Ariel Yosef. His birthday is on the 21st of Av, which I think is on Thursday. Mazel tov and shnas bracha and only, only good. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful good things. All the blessings in the Begashmias of Baruchnis, in the material and the spiritual. Okay, that's great. Thanks for the dedication. Um, this week we're going to read, and we read Parshas Ekev. Now, there is a stunning contradiction uh, immediately that that we that we that we encounter even before we start reading even one pasuk. In the parsha, we just hear the name of the parsha called Akev, and immediately we hit a bump. What does Akev mean? So there are, there is, con, there is um, two interpretations on the word Akev, which seem to be contradicting one to each other. The first in, uh, meaning of the word Akev is the way Rashi learns Akev. Rashi says Akev means the heel. The human body has a head and the rest of the limbs, but all the way down to our heels. So the heels are the bottom, bottom, bottom of the body. And therefore, the heel represents the least or the lesser of the human body, the most insignificant. So Rashi says, just like the human being is created, has 248 limbs from head to toe, the Torah also has 613 commandments with 248 mitzvahs. So there are the head mitzvahs, the more what we look at as the more important mitzvahs, the big mitzvahs. And then there are the mitzvahs that we look at a little bit as the more insignificant kind of mitzvahs. Mitzvahs that people trample on. So Rashi says, Ekev, if you will listen. What does the, the Pasuk say? Vaya Ekev tishmo'in. If Akev, you will listen. And then the verse goes on to say a whole bunch of blessings that are going to come. If Akev, Tishmoin. Rashi says it means 
if you will listen to the heel mitzvahs, mitzvahs that other people don't take seriously because they look at them as eh, unimportant things. So Eikav, these little things, if you will listen to that, then God says, I will give you all the great, great goodies. So then Eikav means, means the word heel. Okay. Now, we find the other commentators um, translate the word Eikav in a more simpler meaning. Um, that Eikav is the usual meaning of the word Ekev, which we, the word Ekev is not the first place, it's the first time we have a name of a Torah portion called Ekev, but we have the word Ekev to be found other times in the, in the Torah. Primarily, Hashem says um, in, Parsh, in Bereshis that Hashem is going to reward Avraham with a whole bunch of rewards. Why? Ekev Asheshama Avraham Bekoili. Those words, Ekev Asher Shama Avraham Bekoili, that Avram listened to my voice, Ekev. So, what does the word Ekev mean? Over there, Rashi doesn't give us any interpretation. The regular meaning of the word Ekev over there means as a result of. Ekev, as a result of. That's the meaning of Ekev. So then over here, what would mean the word Ekev? Or Ekev Tishmoyen, as a result of, as a result of your listening. And therefore, to take it to the fullest meaning of the word, like the Evan Ezra explains, Ekev means at the end result, soif v'acharis. Similar to what we said earlier, that the head is the top of the body, and the heel is the end of the body. So then in this sense, Akev means what will happen in the heels of your listening. What does that mean? At the end, end, end result of what you will listen of your listening. So what's the problem? Akev, according to Rashi, means the heels, simple stuff little things people trample on the second interpretation that we're saying means as a consequence or at the end the end outcome of your listening so what's wrong doesn't seem like a big contradiction but it is it's a problem because if you say it means the heel it means small little things which generally is kind of at for starters. You know, as you begin your, your, your Jewishness, as you begin your mitzvah observance, as you start, as you start from the very, very beginning, as a Jew, you start climbing the ladder from the bottom rung. So then Ekev would mean small stuff, Easy stuff, beginner stuff. That's according to Rashi. Beginners, beginners Yiddishkeit. If we say it means Ekev at the very end, that means after a lifetime of achievements, after, after the, the completion of all your accomplishments, whether it means 
individually, for each person individually, or whether it means collectively, which means that the sum, the sum consequence, the sum total of the work of all the Jewish people, of all the good that all of humanity has done throughout all the ages. So then what does the word Akev then mean? Akev then means completion and perfection. After you finish the final touches and completed everything to the very, very end. So what seems to be opposites, again, it's one word, either it means you're just getting started and you're starting with the little stuff, the small things, that's what Rashi says, or Akev means the very, very, very finale, completion, when you're done everything. So how do you have one word that has these two means? Now, in, in a sense, we're talking so much about Moshiach. We're talking so much about the incredible times that we're living in. We're familiar with the phenomenon called that our generation is called Ikvasa de Mashiach. Ikvasa de Mashiach means the, 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 the generation that kind of is the last time right before Mashiach comes. So this generation has been called the generation of Ikvasa de Mashiach. So when in the words ikva, now why is it called ikvasa? Ikvasa is an Aramaic word derived from the word akev. Ik, akev, ikvasa, the Mashiach, the heels of Mashiach. What does it mean, the heels of Mashiach? And over here as well, we have two meanings that seem to be very, very opposite from each other. The first meaning of the heels of Mashiach is as follows. The Jewish people, in addition to the Jewish people being, all of us being individuals, and every generation being an individual generation, we also look at the, at, at, at the Jewish people as one human being. We are the collective whole. We are one, one powerful, divine presence in the world as a result of all of our souls working together. And it's not just the people, truth is the people of one generation also make up one human being with all the different roles and parts. Every group, every community, and every individual Jew has, in, in addition to our individual roles, as individuals we also are part of a greater collective mission that our whole generation has to accomplish. Okay, But in addition to that, we take all the generations together from Avram and Sarah, from Avram Avinu, from our patriarchs and matriarchs, all the way down to the very, very end. We're considered one human. We're like the collective soul of Adam, of Adam Harisha. Okay? Now the way it works is that the earlier generations are more sensitive souls. The earliest generations are like the super mega souls. And as the time passes, we become lesser souls. We might call it the souls at the bottom of the barrel. Like they keep on going to the barrel and pulling out another soul. So, and then he goes lower, lower, lower. And then there was the ones that all the way, to bend all the way down and schlep out, you know, the last few souls that are stuck to the bottom. And who are those? Those are the souls of our generation. That's why we find that perhaps we don't have the same sensitivity, we don't have the same energy, we don't have the same uh, knowledge 
the great scholars of the earlier generations, or the great prophets, the great leaders, the great depth of being of the earlier generations, we're kind of the, the last neshamas to come down. And that's why we're compared to the heel. In a human body, the heel of a person is the least sensitive part of the body. Um, the heel, especially in the olden days when people walked around a lot barefoot, even outside, they didn't always have shoes, so their heels would become very, very, very tough skin. And as a result of that, your heel really didn't hurt. If, even if you gave it a poke or something, and even if you would step onto a nail, it wouldn't hurt that much. Baruch Hashem, today's, uh, we, we keep our bodies a little bit more uh, you know, delicate. And we can't think of, God forbid, stepping on a, on, a, on a nail, and that would even on a thumbtack, that would really, really, really hurt. Or you ever have the situation when you, by mistake, step on a Lego? Ugh. Right. So that's on your heel. It really is horrible. But in, in, in maybe because we're the generation of the heels, so that's why our heels are a little bit more taken care of. I can't explain the reason for that. But the heel, we all understand, compare the heel to the head, and an injury to the heel is nisht keferlech, it's not so bad, compared to an injury, God forbid, to, a, to other parts of the body, which are more, more refined and more elevated. So being the heel generation means, according to that, the least of all generations, and therefore, we are the least capable of all the generations. Well, like, in a sense, like, I don't want to say the least important, but that's like at the bottom, bottom, bottom. That's one interpretation of the word ikvis of the Mashiach, the heels of Mashiach. Yeah, Mashiach comes to the last and final generation that's at the very, very bottom. But then there is another meaning to the word ikvis of the Mashiach. Ikvis of the Mashiach means the generation where the Golos ends and the Geula begins, which means the generation that's going to experience the greatest experience of all of history, of all of time, the people that are the most fortunate of all of history to have been lucked out to be at the time when the world will experience the most spectacular, the greatest godly revelation and the most divine love and the greatest lights and the greatest joy of Oz Pinu that our, la- our mouth will be filled with laughter in a way like no one ever laughed before. And we will be, bring redemption not only for ourselves, but for all the previous generations. And according to that, Ikvasa the Mashiach doesn't mean the last generation of exile, but it means more the first generation to the redemption, which already is so different. And in addition to that, Ikvasa the Mashiach, according to this, means the generation that gets to hear Mashiach's footsteps. So the heels are not the bottom, 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 but rather those who get to greet Mashiach, who's walking with his heels through the door. So again, you have the lowest and the highest meeting in one word. So which one is it? If both of them are true, then both of them are true. So what does that mean? So for us to appreciate that and understand that, there's something else unique about this Shabbos, and that this Shabbos, we're going, to, we're going to bless the new month. This Shabbos is the 23rd of the month of Av. And 
so it turns out to be the last, it's the last Shabbos in the month of Av. And whenever you have a Shabbos that's the last Shabbos of any given month, we bless the upcoming month from that Shabbos. Because Shabbos has the power to bless the week. So next week, we're already entering into the month of Elul, which basically means it's the high holidays already, it's already Rosh Hashanah, it's already all coming to us, the powerful time of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. So we bless Elul. Now Rosh Chodesh Elul is going to be, on, since it's only this Shabbos, only the 23rd of Av, Rosh Chodesh Elul is actually going to be on Shabbos and on Sunday. Not this Shabbos. This Shabbos is Shabbos Mevorchim. Next Shabbos, Parshas Re'eh, is going to be Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Elul. And the following Sunday is going to be the second day of Rosh Chodesh. The way our calendar is set up is that Rosh Chodesh Elul is always two days. Okay? That's always two days. This time, it's Shabbos and Sunday. So, and everything is significant. The calendar is significant. When every setting of the calendar has a lesson for us. Rosh Chodesh Elul and the month of Elul is very, very, very important in, in Judaism. It is the most important month of the year in the sense that it's considered the year that the month in which we wrap everything up from the previous year and we prepare for the upcoming year. So there's so much light and energy and power and so much focus in Judaism on the month of Elul. We know that the acronym of the month of Elul is, stands for a verse in Shir Hashirim, which really expresses the whole purpose of our life and of our existence. It all comes from the verse, Ani Dodi, I am to my beloved. V'dodi liyam, my beloved is to me, is the acronym, meaning the first letters of the word, spell Elul. So which means that the month of Elul is really, really a time that we really focus in on our connection to Hashem more than we do the rest of the year as a preparation for the upcoming high holidays in which Hashem is going to judge us and judge the whole world. And we're all hoping to have a really, really good year full of light and full of blessing. But it takes a little preparation work. And the preparation work is the month of Elul. Since this is such an important month, we have to look at every aspect of the month, including which day of the week the month comes out. This year, as I mentioned to you, it comes out on Shabbos and on Sunday. And there is a very, very important lesson and inspiration and guidance that comes from this unique setting of Shabbos and Sunday. That means what we are going to see is that there is the idea of getting close to God which represents Elul. Elul is a time, again, of coming together. We and Hashem bond. Every single one of us get closer. No matter where we are and how we are, we have the opportunity to get closer to Hashem in the month of Elul, which is, again, as we said earlier, the purpose of our lives, purpose of being in this world, is our own closeness and bringing the entire world into a deeper relationship with Hashem. The days of Mashiach is the ultimate time of Anil Dodi Vedodi Li. I am to my beloved, because that's when we're all going to feel that God is our beloved. Now sometimes we get a little bit confused. We get distracted. We get involved into all kinds of other stuff that seem to us as beloved. We can fall in love with our iPhone or whatever. And that gets like we're really obsessed with it as our beloved. 
We can get beloved with all kinds of other things that we become deeply, madly in love. But we realize as we grow a little older and we go through life that these things that we've given so much importance to and we're so excited about, they really, really don't deserve that much attention and they don't give us what we're really looking for, what we really need. The relationship with Hashem is the most meaningful. And, so, and, that, and that's the, the, at the core of who we are and what we are. When Mashiach comes, we're all going to feel that Hashem is our Dodi, meaning He is our beloved, and that I love Him so much, and that we will also see how much He loves each and every one of us, and how meaningful we are to Him. So in the month of Elul, we will focus on Anila Dodi Vidodi Li, but what we will see is that there is two energies in the month of Elul, working in two opposite directions, and one of them is related to the to the fact that the first day of Rosh Chodesh Elul is on Shabbos, and the other energy is related to the fact that the second day of Rosh Chodesh Elul comes out on a Sunday. So we have two beginnings to Elul. You're beginning Elul with Shabbos, which is really the beginning of Elul because it's, it's the first day of Rosh Chodesh. But in a sense, we're not starting Elul on Shabbos, we're starting Elul on Rosh Chodesh, on, sorry, on Sunday. Why? Why are we starting on Sunday? Because we know whenever there's two days Rosh Chodesh, whenever there's two days of Rosh Chodesh, the first day Rosh Chodesh is not really yet the first day of the new month. Right? If, you, if you're familiar, if you look on a calendar, you'll see next week Shabbos, it's called Rosh Chodesh Elul, but it's still only the 30th day of the month of Av. So it's not really, really the starting of Elul. So what we really have is over here again, we have two starts for the month of Elul. One in which we're already going to call it Rosh Chodesh is on Shabbos. The other one is, it's not really Rosh Chodesh. The other one is the second day Rosh Chodesh, which is the real Rosh Chodesh, because it's when it's the first day of Elul, and that starts on Sunday. So we have Shabbos and Sunday. But we're going to see that there's a great depth to this. Having these two dimensions to it and what it teaches us, and our unique connection to Hashem. In a sense, we can say starting off on Shabbos and starting off on Sunday presents us with complete two different ways of approaching life and approaching Judaism and approaching your purpose in this world. Whether you're starting on Shabbos or whether you're starting on Sunday. Let's take a look first at the words, Ani Dodi Vidodi Li. I am to my beloved and my beloved to me. The, the, the verse is very beautiful, very romantic. We love God. We feel so deeply connected to Him. Shlomo Melech uses the terms of the love that exists between a, a man and a woman, between a husband and a wife, between a bride and a groom. It's very intense. And that's the way Judaism should be. Because we are living in Ikvesa de Meshicha, because we're living in the, in, the, in the time when we're a little dried out already, we're a little bit, you know, because we've been overstayed in the exile so long, Sometimes Judaism feels heavy and a connection with God seems just as burdensome. And that's not what Judaism is supposed to be. Judaism is supposed to be energetic, life, passion, love, and really we're supposed to be on fire. Ani l'dodi v'dodi li. I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. The bonding, the union, the connection. Now let's take a look at it. Ani l'dodi means I love God. I'm drawn to Him. I'm doing whatever I can to get closer to Him. Whether doing mitzvah, studying Torah, connecting through prayer, I am reaching out 
I am putting an effort in the relationship. Dodi Li is God reciprocating. Dodi Li, he is to me, right? That means, what does that mean? That in our, like in every relationship, there is give and take. There is two people. There is what I am investing in the relationship. And you can invest in a relationship. In any relationship, you can invest. But if there's nothing coming back, you might get tired after a while. You might get exhausted in the relationship. Sadly, there are many relationships that come to an end. Because one party feels that they're giving and giving and giving, but there's a hollow, there's no response. But in our case with Hashem, we know for sure that we just do a little bit and He'll respond in a big way. I invest in Him, God responds to us. It's, it, there's, there's two, two things that are happening. Spiritually, we know that for every inch that we work hard in getting closer to Hashem, Hashem lifts us up two inches, at least for each inch that we do. In other words, we get inspired. Hashem helps us meet the right people. If we make an effort, if we're searching, if we're searching, if we want to deepen our Yiddishkeit, if you come to a shear, you already made an effort. Okay, so you're searching, you're looking for something, you're opening up a door, it's free time, you can sit now back and watch YouTube videos. You decide to come to a class, that's great. Especially, there's no school now, there's no school, why should anybody go to a shear? So you come to a shear, it's like, wow, so it's, an, it's, 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 it's making an effort. What happens is, that as a result of this, certain doors, spiritual lights, Happen. They don't necessarily happen while you're at the share, but they will. Oh, oh, maybe, maybe it will. But it, it it could happen at some later time in the week or next week or something like that. Something good, whether it's good materially, but mainly what we're looking for is, of course, we look for material blessings. But we're looking for something ah, something that will lift us up, something which will really imbue us with some light, with some energy, feeling godliness in our life. A miracle happens, doesn't have to be a miracle. Meeting, as I said earlier, meeting a good friend, meeting a good teacher, a new opportunity opens up. Because of that, you go to a school, you went to a program, you went to a thing, and like, wow, your life changed. Happens all the time, especially to young people. Things happen, you met, you did this, and because of that, it caused you to like, you know, move into a different, into a different, I, for example, this week, I'm going to Kfar, I'm leaving to, uh, Wednesday night, I'm going to Eretz Yisrael to spend the weekend there just for a Shabbos, flying in and out. And why am I going for the Shabbos? Because in Kfar Chabad there is going to be a Shabbos for Bachrim Yeshiva boys from different schools, from Yeshivas all across Israel. So they called me that I should come and they say Fabreng with those boys to inspire and so on and so forth. And, and the reason why I so happily uh, uh, agreed on going, it's a little bit of a tiring trip, just in and out, um, I agreed on going because exactly 30 years ago, I was one. I was exactly such a bachar learning in a yeshiva who decided to go look at the crazy chabadnikim for Shabbos just to go check out the, the happy chassidim. And I went there just, just for no serious purpose at all. I just went there for fun. Literally, we had you know, Shabbos and I wanted to go check something else out. And a whole world opened up for me, a world of chassidus that of depth, and it changed, it changed completely my life. So that's a powerful vidodilis. I felt that this is 30 years, it's about 30 years and a month since it happened. And I was given the opportunity where same boys that are coming from different schools to get a sense of what's out there in this chasidus, I feel if I can give back, I have to pay back a debt. That's why I'm going to Shabbos. But the idea is that when we make an effort towards Hashem, Hashem will shine His light back to us. So 
And we know in Shir Hashirim there are two verses. In Shir Hashirim there are two psukim. One pasuk is, Ani ledodi vidodi li, I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. There's another verse in Song of Songs that also has the same idea, but in the reverse order. Dodi li vani lo, my beloved is to me, and then I am to him. My beloved is to me, and I am to him. Do you see the difference? Again, the verse that we are talking about now, which is the acronym of the of which is the acronym, the Rosh Tevis of the name Elul is, I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. The other, the other word, the other verse, exactly the same, but in reverse order. Dodili, my beloved is to me, va'anilo, and I am to him. So what's the difference between these two verses? In one verse, we take the initiative. We step first. Anilo dodi, we got to do the work first. If you make an effort and if you try, as we say in Pirkei uh, Avos, we say, tamin. You make an effort and you find, believe. If you worked hard on something and then, and then you, you found, Matzasa doesn't mean only you achieved. Matzasa means that after you worked hard, you, 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 Matzia comes from the word, you found something. It's as if, meaning something much more than you worked for happened to you. Uh, you should believe it because that's the way God works. He just wants to see us make the effort. So in Anila Dodi Vidodi Li means you invest in Judaism even if you're not inspired. Even if you're not feeling the tingling light of God tingling down your spine and in your limbs. Even if you're not feeling it. You're not at all feeling spirituality. You're not feeling any kind of spiritual excitement. You're feeling very distracted and very earthy and very blah. Nothing to it. And yet you say, you know what, I'm going I'm to make the effort. It's special, it's a unique time. Uh, it's this, you know, I, 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 I know and I believe that I should do this. You, you push yourself. You push yourself when you're not interested, when it's difficult. You're pushing against all that weight. You're pushing against all the resistance. There is Yetzirah, there is evil inclination, there is non-interest, there is apathy, there is... There, there, there is all the, all, the, all the darkness, all the reason for not getting involved, and yet you push. You make that big, that, that effort. That's anila dodi, I step first. The dodi li, God will respond. The, the, the other way around is, sometimes that happens, that Hashem appears in a person's life without you doing much. It's like out of nowhere. You weren't making the effort. You weren't seeking. You didn't, you didn't dig it just happens. It, it so happens with people. Things happen in their life that what brings about a huge spiritual awakening even when they did not make the effort. A huge miracle occurred in a person's life that gave them such a shock, shook them out of their apathy or their coldness or their indifference and changed their life. Things like that have happened. And there are other things where Hashem steps into your life and then we reciprocate. Okay? So it can go in two ways. The month of Elul stands for, as I mentioned earlier, Aleph Lamid Vav Lamid, first Ani Ledodi, then Vedodi. Why? Why? That's the, that seems like the harder way. Why can't God make the, make the first move? Why do we have to make the first move? And the reason is because when Hashem makes the first move, everything we achieve afterwards is really not ours. It's really his. It's really coming from that 
great spiritual place in which has awakened us. So we can't really, 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 really say, you know, you never, you never feel that it's yours. You feel like, okay, Hashem had mercy on me. It's like, you know, it happened when the Jews were in Egypt. They weren't ready. Hashem came down and picked them up. It wasn't their effort. It wasn't their work. And, and, and the human nature is, and human nature is that we do not really appreciate and enjoy something that is given to us as a gift. We appreciate things to a much greater degree when we put in the effort into it. The sages say an interesting thing. A person would rather have one kav. You'd rather have, let's, let's put it into, you'd rather have your $100 that you worked for than get $1,000 as a gift. Then you have 10 times as much or as it is nine times, which is not yours. Even though technically you're buying power, I got $1,000, I really feel good. I know you feel great when you get $1,000 and in nowhere, someone just gifted you, you feel good, but it's not a deep satisfaction. It's a more shallow, external excitement that gets you jumping up and down, right, for a few minutes, but it doesn't satisfy a person deeply. When you worked, imagine you have your first job and you go to your work and you make your first hundred dollars, you get your first paycheck and you really feel that you worked. There is a deep satisfaction that this is the product of your own work. That's the way we are created. Now, why are we created that way? Because our creator created us with that nature. The Abishter, God, could have tweaked our psyche and made us different. You realize when Hashem was programming the human psyche, He made us all different but there are certain things that he put in to become the nature of, most hum- of all human beings. Certain essential, fundamental um, experiences that, we all, that, we all, that all humans are like. One of them is this idea that everybody feels better if they worked and achieved something with their achievements. Why did God do that? Hashem could have created us in a way that we should be very happy as beneficiaries of gifts. And the reason is because He created us with this nature because this is really what's important to Him. Because God, when He created the world, wants a world that we will excite Him, that we will stimulate His blessings, that we will invest ourselves in the relationship, He very much did not want a world where He is just going to be the initiator and the one who's giving He wanted it to be coming from us, so He created us with that nature so that we should really be excited about taking the first step. And and that's just the way it is. So He created, Hashem wants it to be that way. He wants it to be anila dodi. Even though if it doesn't work, sadly, sometimes it doesn't work. If a miracle will not happen in a person's life, sometimes there are people that are so desensitized, they are so in such a godless state, they're so unaware, they're so distracted in, in, in worldly things and other things that if Hashem will not come and pull on their heartstrings, they will never turn around. So Hashem has no choice and Hashem has to like give that first, that first infusion. Hashem has to make the first uh, move. That's why there is a Pasuk in Shira Shirim that says, Doibi li, my beloved is to me, va'ani lo, and I am to him. God will do that but he will do that only reluctantly. He rather, much rather, we take the first step. And what does it mean? Again, the difference is, if you're waiting for Hashem, means you're waiting for a burst of inspiration. 
to get involved, you're waiting for something to happen, something magical to happen, and then you're going to start you're going to start swimming. It's not like you're just going to wait for God to continue to carry you. You're willing to do the work, but you want every time Him to turn your engine on. He wants, you, want, you, you want to get excited because God got you excited. And then there is what we all know, all of us. We're all, we're all in the same boat. Okay, Rabbis and, and, and regular people, everybody's in the same boat. In, in the sense that what? Some people, some people think, oh, if you're a rabbi, that means you're always inspired. It's not true at all. It's like, you know, it's the same down and boringness and non-interest. And so, I mean, you have to show up because you're the rabbi. So you have the only thing, you, the only thing you don't have a choice, you can't stay in bed. So you have to show up in shul because, you know, because <laughs> you're the rabbi. But other than that, you, we experience like dead moments, like horrible times of like lack of interest, lack of inspiration. And here is the situation. Are you going to sit back and wait till it's going to happen? Or are you going to start doing something? Start doing, and then you'll become inspired. Start to do, and then you'll become inspired. That's the idea of Anilado that you got to do first. So this is Elul. Elul is a time when Hashem wants us to do first. However, and then He, he reciprocates. Great things happen as a result of our effort. However, and here's the important thing. Since everything is set up, everything in Judaism is set up, that Hashem wants us to accomplish things through our work, so the vidodi li, which means God's reciprocation, is something that also can be found in our work. And let me explain what I mean by that. That means that vidodi li is not only, the one way of looking at it is, ani vidodi, I've done mine. And now Hashem, it's up to you. Dodi Lee, you'll, 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 I want to see, I want to see something back from you. Okay, that's Vidodi Lee. Please Hashem, I've done mine. Come on, let's, let, let's see what you can do. So then we're waiting for him. The other, the, what I'm saying now is that no. Anila Dodi means our work. Dodi Lee also means your work, but a different kind of work. A work where you are working you're, 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 you're working by turning on the godly side of yourself. Ani Dodi means working your way from the bottom up, starting from your human self, your ordinary, regular, everyday, uninspired self, and from there you begin climbing the ladder. And Dodi Li also means serving Hashem, but serving Hashem by leaping to the top of the ladder by uncovering within yourself your divine spark, your peace of God from above, and reaching for the stars immediately without having to climb the entire ladder. And you say, how is that possible? Well, it's possible because we as human beings are an interesting combination of earth and heaven. We are a unique blend of the physical human earthy being and a godly being. When Hashem created us, Hashem created the human being, it says, Hashem created us from the earth, and Hashem created us from heaven. And because of that, we have a body, and we have a soul, and our soul is, and our soul is, is. in Hasidus we learn that our soul is not only from heaven, but our soul is actually a little piece of God from above. Our neshama is a piece of heaven, it's a piece of Hashem. So being that we have a piece of God inside of us, uh, there are no limits to a, human, to a human's, a being's achievements, to how high we can be, how godly we can be. 
And it doesn't have to take time. Because being that you're of, made up of God, God is beyond time and space. So an instantly, each and every one of us can find ourselves or can be at a very, 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 very high and, and powerful place. How is that possible? Well, the moment we recognize that we have an ashama, we have a soul. And when we internalize the idea that we have a soul, we're able to like transcend all the struggle and suddenly just be, wow, wow. And that's possible. Not only is it possible, but we're supposed to do that. And what do I mean by that? So let's, let's, let's go back a minute. So there is two, there's two, as we said earlier, Zanil Lidodi and there's Vidodili. I am to my beloved, my beloved is to me. I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. I am to my beloved means, as we mentioned earlier, you know, everyday work. And what does it mean tomorrow? Let's talk, what does this mean tomorrow? Even though it's not yet month of El, it doesn't hurt that we start already tomorrow. We can start already tonight. Tonight you started already by coming to the Shia. But what does it mean tomorrow? Tomorrow it means getting out of bed five minutes before you want to get out of bed. That, that's what it means for tomorrow. That's it. For what? By thinking that I am here to serve my Creator. That's it. Today, tomorrow is not just another day of burning calories by being alive and walking around. Okay? That's not, it's not just that. There is something higher to my life. And I am going to wake up, and the, perp- the point over here is to confront your body. And confronting your body means the lazy body that your pillow, which is like a magnet, is pulling you right into it. So now you have to resist that magnetic pull of your pillow, push away from the pillow, and get out of bed with an excitement that you're going to be a Jew today, and you're going to make something with your life today, something godly. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. I'm just, just a regular person. What am I going to do? Okay, so let me think. What can I do? And that, that's, first thing is I'm going to try to say my brachas a little bit more focused. I'm going to say brachas. That's the first thing. Maybe I haven't been saying brachas. Maybe I'll say brachas. That's a good thing to do. So I'll take a siddur and I'll say my brachas. See, what have you done? Did, did you turn over the whole world? Are you the highest godliest being in the world? No. But you fought against the earthiness inside of you. And you blessed God. And I may imagine that. You've now created a divine channel of godly light coming through you, through your mouth, in the world, just because you said, Baruch Atta. And the greatest accomplishment of it all was that you pulled yourself out of bed five minutes earlier so that you can live a more purposeful existence. And that, it might end by that tomorrow. If you, can, if you can get that done tomorrow, that's awesome. Now what are you going to do the day after tomorrow? The day after tomorrow, five minutes earlier is good, but you've got to push a little more. See, that's the point. The point is every day I am pushing against the earthiness in me because I am in a trage- trajectory di- uh, movement towards Anil Lododi. I am getting closer to God. I have now 40 days. Now actually right now we have 42 days until, until Rosh Hashanah. And I am going to work. I'm not going to allow this year Rosh Hashanah to just come and like I'm ending up my chauffeur and thinking, oh my goodness, it's Rosh Hashanah. And I'm supposed to have been doing something, improving myself, but I didn't do a thing. God, please forgive me. Okay, I'm here. That's great. 
but but we can do a little better than that. So the doing a little better than that means that you start a program now and you implement it tomorrow morning already and every day you're trying to live a little bit above the natural inclination and earthly earthly desires and pulls of the body and you're pushing yourself towards a little bit of a godlier existence. You're going to spend an extra two minutes every day seeking to make the world a better place. Forget overriding one's own selfishness because naturally we are busy pampering ourselves all the time. So we're going to overcome that. And let me see who I can help someone today. Spend five minutes. And as you make a program, you can even add a minute a day. And I guarantee you, it is already way beyond than most people are doing. And what we would have done had we not thought about this in this year right now. Think about it. If we can add every day one minute, one minute, one minute of, of something selfless, until Rosh Hashanah comes. So you're starting tomorrow with five minutes and then you're making it six minutes in the day and seven minutes. By the time you come to Rosh Hashanah, it's 40 minutes in the day that you were told now we're not doing godly things and you're going to add. You're going to do a mitzvah. You're going to be involved in some kind. You're not getting paid for it. Okay? We're not talking about getting yourself a job, getting paid or you're doing this. We're talking about something extra that you're volunteering, that you're doing in order to do something. It can be, part of it can be extra to heal him, extra davening, extra, whatever it is, whatever it is. The main point is, again, pushing again the earthiness in you. And that's anilodoti. That's anilodoti. But that's recognizing what's your image of yourself, according to that. What's your image? Your image is, I'm a lazy, I don't want to say bum, kind of. I'm lazy, I'm not doing anything. That's who I am, I'm a good for nothing, physical uh, being completely self-absorbed in my in myself but you know what i'm a jew and i want to get a little better and i want to get a little godlier and i'm going to do that i'm going to work on it so you're starting with your image of yourself that who are you you are afar you're made out of earth and you're beginning to climb from the earth upward that's one way but now let's take a look from a complete different angle and that is who am i truly just i don't know how old whatever your age is okay so if you're 18 now, if you're 30 now, if you're 55, 65, whatever, whatever age you are, you think to yourself that, hold it, listen here, just a little while ago, not too long, for thousands of years, I am a sparkling soul in heaven that's a piece of God from above. Shining infinite light across the, 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 across the galaxies in the spiritual realms above, beyond, beyond all worlds. Higher, angels would die to look at me. How do you like that? Yeah, A soul is infinitely higher than angels. Angels would give everything away to be able to look and to see the souls. The panemius souls are so great. And that's who I am, in truth. Now God wrapped my soul up, crumpled it, crumpled it, crumpled it, contracted it, you gave me she's pure you then created her then you, you, you formed her and then you, uh, then you crum- finally you crumpled her up into my little body and now me also what am I really? a piece of God from above I'm created in the image of Hashem and I'm a piece of Hashem 
as a Jew, wow, infinitely higher than the rest of creation. From that perspective, hey, so what am I? What am I going to expect of myself? I'm going to expect of myself that I'm going to wake up five minutes earlier and push myself against my name. That's And that's it? Then I'm going to feel satisfied? That I gave an extra minute to the Eberster, gave an extra minute to God? I have it within me to bring Mashiach. I have it within me to shine up and to light up the entire world, to be an inspiration to all of you, man. And you know what? I'm going to do that today. How? Why? I don't know, but I know I can do it. And I'm going to do it. And then the other voice says, hey, you little pisher what you are. What do you think? You say, come on, get out of here. That's, that, that, that's not... This is also true. A Jew is a Jew. That's called a higher Jew. So what does it mean practically? What does it mean practically? Practically means you expected yourself. It's not so distant. When a person is coming from that, from that angle, it's not so distant to think, you know what, I'm going to spend the entire day in yeshiva learning today. How long? Not five extra minutes. Not the whole entire day. What do you mean? How are you going to do that? No, I'm going to do that. Why not? What, 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 what then should an ishama do if not be the, the, the sit and learn all day? Or, you know, or how about trying to daven like old chassidim would daven for a couple of hours? Meditate on the words deeply. Oh, did you ever try that? No, I wouldn't try that. You're crazy. I'm not the type of guy who can do that. Why? Why not? If you're an ashama and an ashama has love and fear to the Abishter, why can't you daven for four hours? With your eyes closed, meditating and thinking. Maybe you could. So the truth is both are true. One is called Anila Dodi, I am to my beloved. The other one is Dodi Li, my beloved is to me. I don't mean in terms of the Abish there is to me. I mean the godly side of me is to me. I can uncover the heaven inside of me. The godly nakuda, the point of Hashem that's within me. And that's the difference between... That's the difference between Rosh Chodesh Elul being on Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh Elul being on Sunday. What's the difference? When God created the world, how did Hashem create the world? Hashem created time. When Hashem created time, which was the first day that Hashem, when did Hashem start time? Time started on Sunday. Because first Hashem created Yom Rishon, Sunday, and then came Monday, and then came Tuesday, and then came Wednesday. So the Creation progressed from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday to Friday and finally to Shabbos. So what is the, how, where does time start? On Sunday. Fine. But then there is another, there's another. In, 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 the, in, the, in the Sefer HaPardes, which is a Sefer from the Ramak, Ramosha Kardavo, who was a great Kabbalist before the Holy Ari. And in Sefer Torah Sa'ola, which is from the Ramah, the one that authored the Shulchan Aruch, also a Kabbalistic um, safer. In both these places and in other places, it also states the same thing: that even though creation begins on Sunday, in truth, there was really Shabbos before creation. That means before even Hashem be created heaven and earth. Because we can really argue and say before there was the planets and before there was heaven and earth and before before Sunday, there's no time. Time began with creation. 
When God begins creation, that's when second number one begins. This is the first hour. Sunday is the beginning. So it's not shayach to say, it's not possible to say a day before that, because there's no time before that. Yet it says, here is the rule. Nothing can happen during the week unless it was blessed from the Shabbos before. Minay Mizborch and the Zohar says, All the days are blessed from Shabbos. So Shabbos gives the blessing for the week. But hold it, the first week when God created the world, there was no Shabbos preceding it. If there was no Shabbos preceding it, if there is no Shabbos preceding um, preceding, preceding it, how is there a creation? Can it be that the first week of creation was not blessed by Shabbos? Now we say that every single week, everything, all the brachas mentioned earlier, that, that Shabbos Mavarchim, that why are we going to, when do we bless the next month on the Shabbos before? Because we know the energy of everything comes from Shabbos. But if there is no Shabbos, so how is there a week? So in Kabbalah it says that on some mystical plane, Shabbos pre-existed Sunday. It's, it's a real uh, oxymoron because Shabbos means the seventh day. How can there be a seventh day if there isn't even a number one? You can't have number seven without six and five and four and three. So I'll let the philosophers think about that. You can think about that for, 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 for all the time you want to, you know, philosophize. That, that's okay. But that's, that, that's, uh, that's only how technically it is, is irrelevant. But so it says that there was Shabbos before there was Sunday. And therefore, when did creation really, really, really begin on Shabbos before? And then came the six days of the week, which really means that that Shabbos, the Shabbos that came before creation, really blessed all of time. Because if it blessed the first week, and that, that first week is the platform for all the other weeks until today, was all blessed from the Shabbos before. So in that sense, we can say that there are two realities to creation. There is the creation that starts on Sunday, and then there is the creation that starts on Shabbos. And what's the difference between the creation of Sunday and the creation of Shabbos? It's related to what I was talking about before. The the creation that starts on Sunday is the natural existence. Creation as it is naturally. What's the first thing that Hashem has to create? If you can say on creation naturally, I mean, it's God creating, so it's a miracle. But that Hashem is setting nature into order. How does God set nature into order? Order, first Hashem created the most unsophisticated things, which are what? Earth, water, the most, what we call the inanimate. Hashem made that on Sunday. Light, fine. Whatever is less sophisticated. Monday, Hashem is improving on what He made on Sunday. Tuesday, you start experiencing life already. There's plants and there's trees. Wednesday, okay, you have the luminaries in the skies and the galaxies and all that stuff. Thursday, you have already the birds and the insects and the, and the, and the, and the creepy stuff. And, 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 and then finally, Friday, you have animals. And finally, the crown jewel of all of creation is the human being created Friday afternoon. So what does that mean? That the idea of creating from Sunday means bottom up. You start all the way from the bottom rung and slowly you're moving 
from a little accomplishment to the next stage of creation, next stage of creation, more developed, more developed, and more developed, and more developed, and so on. Starting on Shabbos means you're starting already in the perfect state. Oh, I forgot. If you're starting on Sunday, everything is improving. And when do you reach the ultimate perfection? What's the ultimate perfection? The ultimate perfection is Shabbos. So Shabbos perfection comes after a whole week of work, hard work. Sunday, then Monday, then Tuesday, and finally Shabbos. So you only reach the perfect state, the, 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 the heavenly state, the state of tranquility, the state of perfection, where everything is already in its fullest state. After all the work, it comes at the end. If you start on Shabbos, that means you have a head start in the sense that you're starting already from perfection. Initially, everything is perfect. You enter immediately into Shabbos. And then from that higher perspective, from that godlier state, from the state of the highest levels of spirituality, then you drop into the weak and you start fixing the weak. But where are you coming from? From which consciousness are you coming from? You're approaching it from that godly, transcendental, perfect, perfect state. That's the week that starts on Shabbat. So in a sense we can say, the weekday from Sunday is ani ledodi, I am to my beloved. Meaning I will start working my way with tiny little steps, working through the earthiness of this world. In a sense, we will start out, Sunday is Yom Aleph, Sunday is Aleph. We will work the Aleph base from Aleph. And what does Aleph mean? Aleph is the least level of spirituality. It's only one level, a tiny little bit of light. Bays is two lights increasing. Gimel is three. According to that, what is the highest, most powerful letter of the Aleph Bays? The letter Tough. Because the letter Tough is already, you've reached from level to level. And that's why it says in Kabbalah, an interesting thing, the letter Tough is the letter 400. So the Zohar speaks that there are 400 worlds of longing. Arba Meya Shekel Kesef, there is 400 coins that Avram Avinu gave to Ephron. So that's in the Zohar, it says that's the ultimate lights of the world to come, the ultimate bliss and ecstasy of the Arba Meya Shekel Kesef, the 400 shekel of silver, which represents the infinite longing of the souls melting in God's bliss. That's the letter tough. But how do you get there? You got to work your way through the 22 letters of the Aleph base. You start with an Aleph, and then with a base, and then with a Gimel. You start with Sunday, and then you move to Monday, and then to Tuesday, and then to Wednesday. Shabbos, you're getting closer to that highest level of achievement. That's working your way, climbing from the bottom of the, of the, of the ladder, rung by rung by rung by rung. But then there is the other way, and that is realizing that even before Hashem creates Sunday, even before He starts with the Aleph, you have already the tough. You have it all because you are not a creature as we are not part of nature deciding that as natural beings we're going to start, we want a relationship with God. You have an neshama already. Your neshama is already, is Him. Even, be, even before you open your eyes as a new baby 
brand new baby, baby in this world for the first time as you're being born. You're already a perfect tzaddik. You already have the neshama that's not just holy. You are as holy as God is. You're a piece of Him from the very first second you were born. So you're born. It's like the famous story of the person climbing the top up, up to Mount Everest. And they finally got there to the high, high peak and they see a little kid there and they say, Gavald, what are you doing here? It took me months, months, and we have gone through trials and tribulations. And you're, he said, I don't know, I was born here. And that's the idea. We are born on the top of the highest peak as being a Jew. You know what it means to be a Jew? You're a holy soul. The Lubavitcher Rebbe uses the term, you're a, you're a heavenly Jew. That's who you are because you're at the top. Dodili, my beloved, this to me. You're already on the level of the, the highest levels of the divine. And that's time as it starts on Shabbos. There is time as it starts on Sunday, and there is time as it starts on Shabbos. And when the month of Elul comes out like it does this year, where the first day is on Shabbos, and the second day is on Sunday, it really is a calling to each and every one of us to do a cheshben anefesh, as he says, a, 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 an accounting on how am I doing on these two very important aspects of my life. How am I doing in the work of pulling away from my pillow a minute earlier? How am I doing in that? How am I doing with overcoming my jealousy, my envy? How am I doing with saying no to the dark urges that I sometimes have? To lash out at someone, to be nasty, to, be, to take vengeance, or to say something, or look at something, or, or, or think something, or act on something, or do something very not kosher. How am I doing with that overcoming of... The animal inside of me. How am I doing with that earthy struggle where I'm, where I'm still at rung number one? I haven't even gotten to rung number two. Am I reaching for number two to overcome that, 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 that dark side of my darker body that's so un, 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 unholy and ungodly? How am I doing in that? How am I doing on my Aleph Bay's journey from Aleph to Bay's? On my Sunday work, did I, did I finish at least... Did I do a little bit of Sunday so that I can move a little bit to Monday or maybe I'm already reaching till Tuesday? How am I doing in the progress of the refinement that each and every one of us should do and could do and we're expected to do in our lives? Making a mensch out of the animal that we're born to be. Sadly, we're all that we have. The, our body is like an animal and we have to work on refining it. That's number one. Then my other question is, did I ever think about the fact that I have an ashama? And that I can shine light, powerful. I can be so much greater than the than this little. In other words, forget about my my dark stuff. I, mean, I want to put this into very practical terms. We all have stuff that we have to work on, and sometimes we feel. I'll give you an example. Sometimes we feel that people think of us that we're at a higher level, and, they, and, and we take in a role to inspire others to do things. And people must think like, "Oh my, you're such a tzaddik. You must be so. You're you're you're." And, you, and, we, and we like kindly say, oh myself, you know, I, I know, I know my dark side. I know my own stuff. I know my garbage. I haven't, I haven't even begun. I haven't even started yet. Does that mean that if you have certain powers of being an inspiration, of being a light, of being a, an energy, a kind of a, a, a much higher human being, should you neglect that? Absolutely not. That's the, that, that's the, 
the contradiction, I want to say, the, the, but the beauty of the human experience, of the Jewish experience. On the one hand, you have the, 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 the neshama that is so godly and so holy, and therefore you can work from where your neshama is at, recognize that, understand that, appreciate that, activate it, even if it's not exactly yet fully synchronized with the other you, the ordinary you that's still stuck in the muck and has not yet refined. Does that mean that I can neglect any of these? Two, I have to do both. I have my Sunday, Monday, Tuesday work, that's my Elul starting with from Sunday, and then I have my Rosh Chodesh Elul that starts with Shabbos. Shabbos meaning I am an Eshamadigah Jew, I'm a soul Jew with so much light. How much did I do in that department? Or we might say, and amongst the Jewish people, there are two types of Jews as well. There are those who are devoted and dedicated all day long to study Torah. They are more the people that are active in the higher spiritual selves. And then there are most people that have to have to sort out the, the, the worldly stuff. And that's what business is. It's almost like the difference between Yisachar and Zavulin. But what I am saying today is that we are really both, each and every one of us, a combination of both. And each and every one of us need to do both. The question, however, is which one is, realizes more our, our, our purpose in life? Where, where is it that we really, really, really fulfill that which the Abishta really wants of us? Is it by spreading our wings really, really, really wide and soaring, the mo- soaring above it all? Or is it through the everyday struggle? So here's the interesting thing. We gave a lot of bad rep on the body before. We spoke about the body and said to put a little bit of lush and hara on the body, how nasty, ugly, lowly, uninterested it is in anything spiritual, godly, and refined, how it's only into itself, and so on and so forth. But the beauty of Hasidus is that Hasidus says, hey, 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 no, 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 no. The greatest treasure is to be found in the body, much greater than the soul. The body is a, is a, is, is a greater diamond than the neshama is but it's a diamond in the rough. It needs a lot of polishing. But once you polish the body and once you extract what the body has, the body has more to offer than the soul. Which is shocking. They don't tell you that in school. The body has much more to offer in terms of your connection to God, much more than the soul. Because ultimately, God is not spiritual. I have a very little, a very little bit of time to say the most important part of the share, but I'm going to do it very quickly. And that is, if God was to be spiritual, if Hashem was to be spiritual, then your soul, which is spiritual, is much closer to God. But since Hashem is not spiritual, Hashem is not spiritual, He's obviously not physical, but He's also not spiritual. Hashem is absolute existence, transcending every type of existence, physical and spiritual. And therefore, in a sense, the body is more important why? How can the body be closer to Hashem? No, the body in and it of itself is not closer to God, but God chose the body. What do I mean by that? When Hashem chose where He wants to live, Hashem did not choose to live in heaven. Hashem chose to live on earth. 
And when we mean that Hashem chose to live in earth, means Hashem wants to live and express Himself through your body more than God wants to express Himself through your soul. Now the only way to take a body that is totally uninterested in God and getting your body to become a home and an expresser of God is by your body listening to your neshama. But what is Hashem's interest in? Hashem is interested in your body more than He is interested in your soul. So therefore the body has the key to connecting to Hashem much deeper than your neshama could ever. And therefore, in the two energies of life, one the Shabbos kind of a work, and one is the weekday kind of work, the working the things through from the bottom up, where do we ultimately, ultimately reach the deepest connection to Hashem? It's by getting out of bed one minute earlier and fighting that heavy, as I said earlier, lazy, uninterested body. It's every time you are working from that, yeah, from that, you view yourself as a very physical, earthy human being, and you're pushing yourself to be a little bit more refined, a little bit more selfless. It might be the smallest, most insignificant, most like, thing like who cares? You're almost like even embarrassed to tell someone that that's like an accomplishment that you did. Because like, oh, come on. And yet, it's in those small miniature struggles where you're moving your body from, from like we said before, starting with Aleph, from Aleph to an Aleph and a quarter. In the other mode, in one second you fly across, you know, you're already by Samach. Pay. You know? You're moving, you're like, whoa, okay, that's great. Activating your soul is awesome and we have to do that. But what really counts, what really counts is the refinement of the earthiness inside of us. Because that's ultimately where we discover the very essence of God. It's strange, but that's the way it is. In the refinement of the physical, within ourselves, within the world around us, is where we meet the essence of Hashem Himself, much higher than everything else. That's actually the reason why... Um, from amongst the two sets of time, which is the one that we, that, we, that, we, that we follow mostly? Do we start our week on Shabbos or do we start our week on Sunday? We start our week on Sunday. In other words, the Abish just set it up that most of our work and most of our duties is working not as an angel from heaven, but working as a human being with all the frustrations and all the gravity, and all the hang-ups, and all the difficulties and hardships that a body has, and yet, I'm, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting it. I'm, I'm overcoming it, bit by bit, bit by bit. Ma'at, ma'at, as the Pasuk says, little by little, I'm pushed that Yetzirah out. And here's the awesome thing. Going back to what I started earlier, what does Akev mean? Does Akev mean the final light, the final perfection of the end of days, the lights of Mashiach, the final, the conclusion, the perfection of perfection? And then I told you that Rashi says Akev means what? The mitzvahs that you struggle with that are down there at the very heel. And the end, how can it be two opposites like that? How can it be that Ikvis of the Mashiach on the one hand means the last generation that is so numb so dead, so uninspired, so, so, so not programmed for any, any bit of light, 
So, like you say, oh, what the people say, oh, like this generation, what is, what's going to be? What's going to be with today's children? Here's people, today's children, what's going to be? <laughs> so, guess what? Guess what? It's the heel. It's, 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 it's that very, 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 what we might say, tough material. And the work with what is tough and what is resistant, that that is what ultimately connects us to ikvised Meshicha, the footsteps of Moshiach, because it's at the work in the lowest possible, because where does the Abrishter want to be more than anywhere else? This is basically, to conclude it all, everything that I said today, it basically moans things. In the darkest, hardest struggle of the generation of the most uninspired Jews, in the most uninspired time, that's where God is craving to enter. And even if we let Him in only one inch, that one inch is more precious to Him than the, 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 the widest, broadest uh, um, um, openings that are made by the greatest people of the greatest generations of all time. Why? Because God chose earth, He did not choose heaven. Akev. Ani Lidodi is more important than Vidodi Li. The light coming from above is not as important as the struggle from below. And therefore, that's, that, 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 that's the ultimate appreciation understanding. That as the month of Elul comes, when, especially we, as, as being that last generation, standing at the threshold of the redemption, we sometimes think we need to do the biggest, craziest things in order to like, no, 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 no. It's the tiny little struggles that each and every one of us have right now in moving ourselves just a bit closer to Hashem where it counts, where it's difficult, where it's hard. That's the deepest and highest. That brings about the revelation of the greatest of the essence, that's the idea. Not of light, but of the essence of God. Unlike anything that was ever accomplished by the more refined, elevated people living in brighter days when people were maybe spiritually much more in, in tune and connected. That's the uniqueness of where we stand today. And that's the power. And that's why also amongst Rosh Chodesh Elul, the second day of Rosh Chodesh is the primary day of Rosh Chodesh. The Sunday Rosh Chodesh Elul is of greater, you see that most of the menhagim of the month of Elul, we only start the second day, because the day of Rosh Chodesh related to the struggle from the bottom up overpowers and is so much greater than the, than the work that comes, which again, should never be neglected. We have an ability to spread our wings and shine tremendous light from above by transcending the struggle we need to do that, and every single one of us should do that and could do that. But we should. Oh, but the more important element is the the little, small little things that we laugh, we dismiss because we think, "What is it? What what did it really mean?" If I really pushed myself to 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 to, to, to say hi to someone that I really don't like to, who cares? But that's it. That's where it's at. That's where it's at more than in every big, ginormous thing you can do to turn over the whole world. In that small little Akef things. May the Abishter help. 
that we should all already experience, v'hoya ekev, that from the ekev, tishmo'in, we will listen and we will experience the blessings, all the blessings, and the blessing of the greatest ge'ula, which we will so embrace as we will realize how it grew out of the most unexpected things that we did that we thought really, really doesn't matter. And those are the things that matter most. May we merit to recognize that, see that, feel that, and, and, and see the, 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 and reap the fruits of what we've accomplished and let that be already now. Amen.